you know, very calm. He's not a big raw, raw guy, incredibly confident, shows tremendous humility day in and day out, how he does to him. He's always ready. Uh, he's a ball junkie. You know, he's around the, the football offices nonstop. And, um, and players like him. They're attracted to his work ethic and, again, his humility. And he's got a, a, a can-do, get-to mindset, you know, with everything that he does. But the great ones, the great play callers, the great CEOs, the great players, maybe it's the great corner, maybe it's the great quarterback, they, they compete with this different level of anticipation, no matter what it is. And, um, and so he, he does a great job, you know, from an anticipation standpoint, if that's pocket presence or throwing the ball on time, even though that window's closed, he knows it's getting ready to open up. Uh, he has those instinctual things to him too, that you can't coach, uh, that you love about the really good one. So he's been wonderful in every way. Is there a reason for the uh, music coming in with Coach Venables no, talking about I, uh, our it was quarterback? A, it was a minute fifteen long audio clip, which that in itself, I was intro. like, I was like, Ugh. yeah, I needed a long intro, and I was like, yep, that's Metallica. That's what that is. Okay, and I, uh, and I fade good. To black. I was worried that he was going to give us some bad news. No, about no, 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 no. Um, yeah, I, hey, I love to hear it. I think that I, I, from Everything I've seen, everything that I've heard, it sounds like Dylan Gabriel has uh, really, you know, taken the the leadership role. Uh, I know that can be cringeworthy at times talking about that, but your quarterback needs to be one of the guys on the team that is looked to, looked up to. Um, you know, younger guys trying to emulate what he does and. It, it looks like he's done a really good job. You saw the the little trip that he took some of the players on, um, go the to the dime lake. time retreat, man. Dime yeah. time retreat. That was really cool. You know, just, just team building stuff. I'm not worried about his skill level. I'm, I'm not worried about him trying to do too much. I, I guess if I'm worried about anything offensively, it's, it's just, it's really the offensive line, and I'm not really right. worried about the offensive line. And, and I think before, they're going to be better than they were a year ago. Before we like uh, eventually find ourselves in that discussion, you know, Brett Venable said a lot of nice things there, but I guess the thing that stuck out to me is, well, players just really like him. And if that doesn't matter, by all means, tell me. I'm just wondering, is that like – I know what matters. You want people to like you. But in the grand scheme of things, do you need your quarterback to be a likable guy on the team, or is that something that's kind of way overblown? What's that dynamic look like? Um, I think it's always better if he's likable, especially before you ever play a game. Right? If, if you've got a quarterback that is a tyrant – but he wins, he's effective, but he holds everyone to such a high level and uh, it may be not enjoyable to be around for some guys. I, I think that can work, but I don't know that it works really in college. Like you, th There has to be somewhat of a welcoming environment from your quarterback and, and trusted and you know, guys want to be around him. Guys like to hang around him. I think that is an important factor. 
teams, no matter no matter what level, teams perform better when they get along well. It's just that's no, just yeah, how it yeah, is. Yeah, 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 yeah. Sure. Teams perform better when they get along well. When there's infighting, and you know the quarterback's always going to have a group of people that like him, whether it's because they really like him or it's because he's the quarterback and. You know, being in his circle comes with a lot of attention and, uh, you know, maybe get some perks uh, being being around the most famous guy on campus. Uh, there's always going to be those type of guys. But if if he's not liked generally by the rest of the team, that's going to create a – It's going to create a division. Division, actually. right. Yeah. So what you want is where everyone on the team loves a guy. And it sounds like so far that's that's how it's been. Well, I, I think it's. I would tend to agree with you that it's more important. Yeah, but I think it's definitely more important this year. You know, with sure. what you're trying to establish, you don't want a quarterback coming in as an entitled jerk, I mean, right? Because he's accomplished some things um, at this level. Now, I don't know if he's accomplished enough to come in here and be a jerk or anything, but that's probably not what you want in the first year when you're trying to build a, a program like you are. Um, you probably would rather have a guy like that that's very well liked and what do you say he's always around the offices? I mean, yep. that's that you can't help but be uh that's that's contagious. Yeah. He he seems like he's got at least you hope it is. And he you know, honestly, he hasn't been in front of the the microphone or the camera a whole heck of a lot, but it seems like he carries himself in a in in a in a really good manner. Doesn't seem to be like a, an attention seeker. Doesn't seem to be um, a guy that is looking for attention. And I'm, yeah, I may be off on that. Like I said, I don't, I don't know the guy. I haven't seen a whole lot of interaction. But you typically start to hear some of that, and you can see that how some of that, like just how someone handles themselves, how it comes across. And so far, I've, I've really liked what I've seen. Yeah. Um. Speaking of quarterbacks, Jackson Arnold is showing outs right now right. at the Elite 11 camp. The thought of the experts that are out there covering it is he looks like the best quarterback that's out there. That includes Malachi Nelson, current USC commit, so that's something. And here's a few clips from Jackson Arnold. First, what he likes best about OU. Uh, Jackson Arnold seemed like a guy that it didn't take that long for him to to make a decision to commit after you know this staff initially reached out to him. Yeah, yeah, and I don't know. I, I, I'm sure Lebby has had some type of relationship with him for a while, and you know if you have a really good relationship with a coach and you like a coach and you like his system. But the school he's at, it's just, oh, man, I, I love everything about you. And, and gosh, I think I would, I would do really good in your offense, but I don't know about that team. And, and that coach moves to a team that you like or feel like is going to be dominant, then it's like, yeah. this is it. What's interesting about Jackson Arnold's commitment, and I'm – I'm going to guess that he's getting something when it comes to NIL, but when you see a five-star quarterback now on the open market, you say, 
gee, how much is he going to get? What, Nico uh, is getting like $8 million at Tennessee? I'm sure Malachi Nelson is getting quite a bit from USC. I, but I, I haven't heard any rumor of Jackson Arnold getting some massive deal from, from OU. Maybe he's getting something, but I haven't heard that, oh my God, Jackson Arnold's getting like $4 million from OU. Right. And if I haven't heard about it, I'm guessing that that's not the case. Which is, you know, my biggest, my biggest thing about him doing this Elite 11, and whenever I saw the list of guys that are going to be there, it's like, oh, this guy's got a $9 million deal. This guy's got a $7 million deal. This guy's got a – I was like, man, I hope he doesn't get around those guys and start to think, hey, man, I like Oklahoma, and I feel like it's a good fit for me there, but am I leaving a bunch of money on the table? Do I need to Do I need to decommit and go see if I can get a, a – five or eight million dollar nil deal from someone especially if i'm the number one quarterback according to people here watching the elite 11 yeah i could see that i don't i don't know the guy personally but i guess my feel on the situation is that that's probably not going to happen and i say that because there was a period about i don't know two months ago where a&m fans were like oh watch this we're gonna come and swoop away jackson arnold from ou and I'm guessing that A&M staff really tried to do that. And I'm going to guess that they included some heavy NIL numbers with that as well. And it seems like he batted that down pretty quickly and A&M really never turned into a serious threat. So maybe that's a wrong way to go about it. But just based on that, that's kind of how I'm coming up with my opinion that I don't think that that's going to happen to him. Well, I hope it doesn't. And, you know, frankly, to put myself in a – 17 or 18 year old shoes and you know whenever I committed to Oklahoma you know the rumors of these big deals were just kind of rumors and and hearsay but since I've committed there's been like several different deals that have come out that have you know essentially been verified of guys making you know multiple million dollar deals with NIL I, I gotta imagine that whenever you're watching that happen around you by guys that uh, w- whenever you're out here maybe outperforming them you feel like you're leaving yeah no, millions and no millions of dollars on the table I mean that's only natural yeah uh, Jackson Arnold was also asked how OU can get over the hump Well, it's not like the offense was great, though, the past two years either. So it wasn't just the defense the past two years. I hate to break it to Jackson Arnold, but uh, that sounds good in theory. I don't know if he knows this. Brent Venables doesn't have any head coaching experience. Oh, wow. I think they probably left that out of the recruiting pitch. So Try to go after man, it. it. It all sounds good in theory, but... No head coaching experience. Yeah. A um, couple other recruiting nuggets here. Anthony Hill, five-star backer out of mm. uh, Denton Ryan. He just announced his final two. Texas and Texas A&M. What? Yeah. Bummer there. <sighs> that's going to be – that's a poor decision. Well, yeah, but um, that is such a big decision that Teddy knew, knows who he is – 
and had that type of reaction. Texas A&M. In Texas. Or Texas. Yeah. Staying home. 100 emoji. Well. Also, uh, Cole Adams out of Owasso set to announce at 530 today and the thought that he's going to pick Bama. So sorry to flood that uh, Why, no, rash of bad on. news what do you mean, on you. The thought that he's the crystal pick ball picks are on Alabama. That, that's that's who he's going to pick in about fifteen minutes. Well, you know, that is. And I talked about this before. That I feel like that was the hesitancy, right? Alabama comes in quickly to Oklahoma. Offers a kid, at the time, was a three-star wide receiver, right? Yeah. And it's like a power play. Let's see if we can get Oklahoma uh, and, and beat them on a recruit right here in their own state. And it's like Oklahoma saw through it. We're not going to offer him. Not going to offer him. This is... You know, this is an opportunity for Alabama to to beat us with the recruit right here in our own own state, and then finally they they give him the offer, and what a month later sounds like he may commit to Alabama. Yep. I yeah, you got the timeline pretty much nailed down. Nice job. But I this is why I feel like they were. They didn't engage in it. Everyone kept saying, why aren't they going to offer? Why aren't they offering? Why aren't they offering? Because they had to have had a really strong feeling that the decision was already made up and the Oklahoma offer was a, like, I don't know, like a, like a badge of honor or whatever it is. You know what I'm saying? Like, just just seeking out the offer. Or I they the way that they played it, they may have just had other wide receivers ranked higher on their board. Now, you know, whether they were wrong about that, I guess time will tell. That's still kind of hard to evaluate in the end in, in some cases. But I think it's just that, that they had higher um, receivers on the board than, 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 than he was. They didn't have many. And here's the other thing. They didn't have many higher. And Venables has said repeatedly, what? Local guys are elevated. We want yeah. local talent. It means more for local kids to be a part of of the university and the football program. So whenever he says that and they don't offer, they have a good feeling about something. Sure. So, oh. You, you're agitated about Anthony Hill or Cole Adams? Which Which one? Well – I'm agitated about the Cole Adams situation if it unfolds the way that the crystal balls are saying it does. It, it will. The only reason is because it, it's the way it played out, you knew it was a snake when you picked it up, right? And I feel like they held out for so long, and I don't know. I don't know. That – I don't know. Maybe he doesn't pick Alabama. Who knows? But it sure—it sure sounds like he's going to pick Alabama. But hey, maybe uh, we get a surprise here in ten minutes or so. Thing is, it's supposed to be five thirty, but that's more like a uh, five fifty-five. It's the way that these recruiting things go when they make an announcement. Right. I'm just saying, like, if if you 
if you knew you were going to Alabama, you're just like you're just flirting around. You're trying to get offers. Right, it's what it feels like to me. I don't know the kid. I mean, I don't know. I guess that's uh, that's the way recruiting goes, though. Those those type of situations are going to happen. They happen every year. All right, quick timeout. More from The Rush coming up. Final hour rolls on next. This hour of The Rush is brought to you by Riverwind Casino. Casino and hotel, over 2,700 electronic games, 30 game tables, a 24-7 poker room, and the best in concerts and comedy. Riverwind Casino, just south of Norman on Highway 9 and I-35. At Landers, we're all about you. The smile makers, the trailblazers, people doing what they do best, making things happen for those that need it most. The kind of people that are true game changers. And we're all about giving you more. More money for your used vehicle, even if you don't buy from us. We even... We are The Rush, live on The Ref, the home of Sooner fans. Tyler McComas, Teddy Lehman, Air Comfort Solutions text line, 405-651-3439. Uh, this says, does Oklahoma know that the state extends to Tulsa? I guess local doesn't apply to Tulsa. I don't understand what that text means. Saying that um, OU has missed out on a decent number of players in Tulsa here recently. Um, have a list on the text line if you'd like. Josh Jacobs, C.J. Moore, Josh Proctor, Ricky Stromberg, Grayson Boomer, Dax Hill, Miles Slusher. You get, you get the point, right? Braylon Presley. Well, yeah, that's true. But we've also gotten plenty of Tulsa players as well. Yeah, they've they've missed out on some. I I don't know how many of those guys. Well, it's hard for me to comment on the past because I don't know that under Lincoln Riley there was much of a um a stay in the state, give preference to local players attitude. I mean, that has not been the case, but that is the case with Venable's staff. And I don't know. I I do think it's fair to say, though, um, on the flip side of that, if you want to be critical definitely about the previous staff not doing a good enough job in, in the Tulsa area, I, I think that that's totally valid. But this staff, we we still got to wait and see, man, because it's very early. And they did go all the way down. If you're of the opinion that OU needs more Oklahoma kids, you got to invest more in Oklahoma and all that. I mean, they did go get a kid by the name of Eric McCarty and McAllister that had zero stars by 24-7 sports when they got the commitment. Right. Yeah. No, it's true. But I, I do think, I definitely think that moving forward, OU's got to – OU's got to put a fence around the state, and however many elite players are in the state, one, two, three, four, five, however many, you, you gotta secure, you gotta secure year in and year out the best talent in your own backyard. Right. Because it's gonna be tough enough in Florida on a year in year out basis. Same thing in Texas. You gotta make sure you claim Oklahoma's yours. Yeah, and again, I, I see a text. Any chance there was some ego involved on both sides? No. I don't think there's any ego involved at all on Oklahoma's side. I think Oklahoma felt very strongly that Cole Adams was going to go to Alabama. And that's why they didn't offer him for the longest time. And, you know, they had a, what, a decommitment, and the guy went to, what, Oregon? Is that where it was? Yeah, Cozart. 
and not long after that, they went ahead and extended that offer to to Cole Adams. So, nothing changed with Cole Adams over that time. They just I. I don't know. I, I feel like the reason they didn't offer him was because they felt like he's strongly he was going to Alabama. Gunny says it's like Wes Sims said. Uh, some guys are OU. Some guys are all OU. Some guys want to get out of Oklahoma. Uh, I mean, I, maybe there's a small percentage of guys that want to get out of Oklahoma, but if Oklahoma is what Oklahoma should be, I don't feel like the top prospects are just going to be looking to run out of the state to go somewhere else. Yeah, but is Cole Adams a top prospect? In the state this year, I mean, he's top five. Um, where does he rank overall in terms of wide receivers? I mean, I think he's pretty good. Now, is he is he replaceable as a wide receiver? Yeah, probably. But I, I do think he's a, a really good player. Really good player. Yeah. I, but, okay, I guess here's the point. The difference in getting Cole Adams or not getting Cole Adams is not going to be the overall factor if, if – you're going to win the national championship or not. Right. My, here's here's what's, what I think is interesting. Cole Adams was a three-star, and Alabama offers him, and everything changes. My nep- I think my nephew, who's uh, in the same class, he, he's a Texas kid, um, goes to high school in Texas, I think he's better than Cole Adams. Whoa! He's Dang. he's the same size. He's a 10-600 meter verified laser in Texas track, 10-600 meters. He just went to University of Texas football camp, ran the fastest time at football Woo, camp at UT. Buddy. Uh, and he's the, he's the looks the same as Cole Adams, except I think he's a little bit better with the ball what's in his it, hand. What's his name? Who is uh, this? Who is this kid? Well, his name is Drayden Dickman. He's goes to Georgetown High School, and is that outside Austin. I think is that so. Where that is yeah. But what I'm saying is, when's are you going to offer? They're not. He, for whatever reason, he doesn't like. He goes and he dominates these camps, and um, he doesn't get much, much love from the coaching staffs for whatever reason, but. What I'm saying is uh, he's he's getting offers from, like, North Texas, Rice, uh, was it Vanderbilt? I think he went to Vanderbilt, got offers there. I mean, he's got some some offers. But I, that's, what, that's what I think Cole Adams is. And that's why I'm so shocked that Alabama came in and offered him the way that they did. I That's why I feel like it was some type of – I don't know, some type of bait Oklahoma into uh, getting into this 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 back and forth with Cole Adams. I don't know. It's, it's, I, it's The whole situation has been strange. Teddy is dead wrong. Know this kid. OU was his first choice. He doesn't fit OU's size requirement. Kid can fly. Who's that? Uh, Cole Adams is who they're referencing. What do you mean I'm dead wrong? He's got an offer to OU. If OU... If he didn't fit their size requirement, they wouldn't offer him. Cole Adams had already decided who he wanted to go to prom with, but wanted to be asked by the hottest girl in the state to make himself feel good. <laughs> <laughs> okay. 
I don't know. So your nephew is a Wes Welker type. That's also on the text line. Yeah, uh, yeah I need to hear more. No, he's, he's going to camp and dominating. I mean, come on. He's not Wes Welker type. He's Wes Welker's like 5'8". Um, my nephew's like 5'11", but he's a 10'600 meter guy. Wes Welker's not a 10'600 meter guy. I mean, that's, that's flying. Doug from Norman, please stop your false narrative on Oklahoma recruits in the Venables regime. The top two recruits for 2022 class are both from Oklahoma, both from the Tulsa area, and both were recruited and signed by Lincoln Riley, not Brent Venables. Well, I guess technically did um, Gentry didn't sign until the second signing day, correct? Gentry Williams? So technically that would have been a Brent Venables signee. Right. What I don't understand the the false narrative on Oklahoma recruits and the Venables regime. It's not a false narrative. They haven't even completed one recruiting class yet. And he said repeatedly that like this is they are going to have a um a dedicated effort on and and give preference to guys in the area. Like that includes Oklahoma, that includes North Texas. Like what I don't what's the false narrative? That doesn't make any sense. That's a stupid text. Uh Cole Adams sends out three paragraphs and I'll spare you the first two and just read the last one that simply says, and finally, in the words of Leonard Skinner, sweet home, Alabama. There you go. Roll Tide for Cole Adams. Last one. With all due respect, Cole Adams is good, but didn't do anything against Jinx. He got shut down. It is what it is. The Jinx class of 2025 is stacked. Oklahoma would behoove themselves to check them out. That's Jerry from Jinx. Yeah, I don't I don't know. Um, I All I've seen of him is his highlight tape. And, you know, I – you know, I, I he's a good player, but I feel the same way now as I did whenever I saw his highlight tape. I'm shocked that Alabama uh, offered him. Look out, Teddy! Your nephew is being recruited by Baylor. I don't know if someone like <laughs> looked up his recruiting profile or not, but that's the last thing we need is uh, to go to Baylor and just dominate under Dave Aranda. Well, he, I mean. He's he's got some limitations uh, size wise five eleven I think he's you know 185 pounds or so but, but the point is what I'm saying is is he's like he's the same player as Cole Adams and this is the level of you know of I think even like statistically his numbers are are right there close to what Cole Adams are but he ain't getting an offer randomly. Out from Alabama. That that's what I'm saying. The whole thing has seemed really weird to me. That he was he was offered by Alabama. Just, well, I mean, it wasn't just Alabama though. It was it was LSU. It was A and M. It was Tennessee. Um, now, did he get some of those offers because of the Bama offers? I, I don't know, but it's not like it was just Bama and OU were the only two that offered right. him. It was seemingly the entire SEC was trying to come after him. He he had a very impressive uh, offer list. Very well, impressive. There you go. Bama wins it. Maybe he'll be. He could possibly turn into their next 
Uh, superstar, well, he won't be there next. There'll be like five between him and, you know, whenever he's a junior, but maybe he's, maybe goes down there and, hey, it's a place where if you go and you get on the field and you produce, you could become a superstar. Best of luck to him. I'm sure we'll see him back in Norman at some point <laughs> as, an, uh, as an opposing uh, wide receiver. Nah, that would be cool. I'll take my chances on that one. Well, hey, man, at, at the end of the day, congratulations to him. He's going to what has been the premier football program in the country for a decade. Well, I mean, yes, but that, that's not debatable. The best spot for a wide receiver in college football the past five years? Yeah, maybe even more than that. Yeah. When you look at um, what they have a Heisman Trophy winner, correct? Devontae Smith. Yeah. No other uh, no other program can say that recently. And the amount of first-round picks that they've had, it'd be tough not to say Bama. They've had, it feels like they've had multiple first-round picks at wide receiver in like the last three drafts, which is wild. That's a, you, you can't argue with him going to Alabama. There's no argument for me there. I'm just, you know, I just think the situation is uh, is weird how it all unfolded. So, but best of luck to him. Right, have no. a great career at Bama, yep. uh, Cole Adams. In maybe he will, maybe he will. He'll be set up for it. They'll have good quarterback play, great offensive line play, great system. Uh, best of luck. All right, quick timeout. More from the rush coming up. Final hour rolls on next. This hour of The Rush is brought to you by Riverwind Casino. Casino and hotel, over 2,700 electronic games, 30 game tables, a 24-7 poker room, and the best in concerts and comedy. Riverwind Casino, just south of Norman on Highway 9 and I-35. At Landers, we're all about you. The smile makers, the trailblazers, people. Final hour on the rush. Tyler McComas, Teddy Lehman here. Keep those texts coming on the Air Cover Solutions text line. I, you guys got a lot of opinions about the Cole Adams situation. I'll, uh, I'll read some of these, and then we'll try to move on before we get out of here today. Uh, let's see. Patience is I'll, I'll, patience is not a virtue of Sooner fans. With Coach V, we will have to get used to it. There will be a there will not be a lot of social media stuff and recruits with BV. We just simply have to trust with what he's doing. Okay. Yeah. Uh, OUF offered Cole Adams so late because they knew he was going to Alabama anyways, but wanted to start building that relationship with him now before he enters into the transfer portal in a couple of years. They're joking about that, yeah, by the way. I was about to say, perhaps bold strategy. Bottom line, Alabama wanted him. OU slow played him, thinking that they have this because he wanted to come to OU. I know the family. 
He's number one on Bama's board for wideouts. Okay. I maybe he is number one on Alabama's board for wideouts. Yeah, OU's not looking good. Will OU even be able to compete in the SEC with these lackluster classes? Yeah, probably going to get owned. Uh, Jeremy says, love all these recruiting experts chiming in. Maybe they need websites. I'll trust the process BV and co have. Right. I, I will go out on a limb and – I will say that there is no way that Cole Adams is number one on Alabama's wide receiver board. Woo, buddy. Let's uh, let's get our buddy on from uh, Baton Rouge to tell us. Why am I blanking on his name? Former coach, scouts, coach with Nick Saban in Cleveland. Wow. Oh. Um, I consider him a, uh, a, a Chris. friend. Chris Landry. Jeez, yeah. yes. He would tell us. Now, it would be about a seven-minute response, but Chris Landry would tell us if he's number one on Bama's well, board. I guess I can't, I can't guarantee anything. Uh, I haven't seen their board. That would be, that would be a, a shock to me. So, um, that, would, that, would be, that would be a surprise. Uh, I guess you, you spoke to Bill Conley earlier today. His like, Big 12 preview is out. Uh, he's... I, I guess he uses a lot of data to to come up with his predictions, correct? And he mm-hmm. has OU as the best team in the Big 12, and by a wide margin, might I Huge say. Huge margin, yeah. The, the S&P rank for OU, he has him as the number five overall team in the country. Next is Texas, all the way back at 31, Oklahoma State at 32, Kansas State at 38, Baylor at 40, TCU at 45. But he seems pretty convinced that there's a wide gap here between OU and everyone else. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, and, and he just, you know, he plugs in all of the data into his formula and it spits it out. Like, this isn't a opinion-based type of thing. It's not an opinion-based yeah. thing. It doesn't, you know, he doesn't factor, he doesn't move it around at all. It just, it spits out what it spits out. It's not perfect, but... Um, I think he does tinker at times with with the formula, trying to trying to make it a, a little bit better. Like you know, I've, one of the things is like all the transfers because he he puts in like uh, returning production, and if you have like a transfer that comes in, like that production counts as returning production, but I. You know he's not necessarily sure yet on how to weight it by by maybe where uh, a kid is coming from. So or Dylan something. Gabriel's returning production worked in favor of OU's in this right. formula. Okay. Yes. Well, look, if, if this is even somewhat accurate at the end of the year, where OU's the number five overall team and the next closest is Texas at thirty-one. You know, we we've said multiple years in the past, like, dang. Is this the biggest gap we've seen between Oklahoma and the rest of the conference? And, you know, here recently that hasn't worked out so well. But if these numbers are any true at all, this would be the largest gap between OU and anyone else in the conference in quite some time. Yeah. That's a huge gap. Yeah. You know, it's it's interesting. Um, you know, there's there's different ways of looking at it. And I, I think I, – I don't know how big of the – like I would take OU number one in the Big 12. 
Are they the fifth best team in the country right now? Gosh, it's really hard to to make that type of of prediction whenever there's there's some unknowns there. Um, I like it has Baylor number five. I don't think Baylor's the fifth best team in the Big I refu- Twelve. I refuse to believe that. And you know, and and he said like one of the the reasons is like returning production at wide receiver quarterback defensive back happens to be like one of the one of the ways that you like that production is is like really critical those those tend to be the most productive players and those are kind of all the positions that yeah that they lost so he also ranks his uh 10 favorite players uh Dylan Gabriel is the first name mentioned so I'm guessing that means he's his favorite player uh Deuce Vaughn at Kansas State's two B. John Robinson at Texas three. Xavier Worthy at Texas is four. Uh, Brock Martin at Oklahoma State's on the list. T.D. Roof of Oklahoma is actually in the top ten, which is interesting. But I guess my biggest takeaway is is just that is, you know, when it comes to a preseason All America list or an All Big Twelve list, Texas is going to be very well represented, which is odd for a team that was five and seven last year. But I think it's true that their top end talent is really special. I think they have a special running back, a special wide receiver, and, and we'll see about quarterback. But outside of that on their roster, um, whereas the top-end talent looks good, like that would tell me that they have a real, real issue past those guys down the roster. Right. Especially with, when it comes to depth. Right. Well, um, I – Yes, I think I think the the offensive line is going to be a factor, and you know here's the thing, we talked about this. I think that there's a a strong chance that Texas may have the best wide receiver and best running back in the conference, but I don't know how much that's going to matter. It will matter, but it won't matter as much as it could if their offensive line isn't up to par and if their quarterback plays like he should, like a freshman. Well, also if they're giving up 40 points per game, too. I mean, that's going to be a huge no overall doubt. factor, and it seemed like game in and game outs, whether it be OU or Kansas, they were just giving up a ton of, golly, a ton of points a game last year. Which, you know, and, and here's the thing about that. Even defensively, you have uh, Kwiatkowski from Washington who – has done really well defensively, and he comes in, and, and what happens after year one? You know, it's it's hard defensively just to get everything turned around in one year. It's tough. Whenever everyone's learning a new system, you're in a new conference, there's, there's, there's a curve there. So what do they do? Oh, we'll bring in Gary Patterson as, a, as an analyst to help out. That doesn't help out. Yeah. What that does is makes your D.C. feel like Gary Patterson is breathing down his neck and wants his job as defensive coordinator. And I'm sure Gary Patterson is not just there, uh, you know, standing in the back, not offering anything up. That doesn't seem like his he personality. He is parking in the back of the parking lot to remind him and everyone else that he's just there to help, right? Right. Right. Parking in the back of the parking lot. Uh, they had some anniversaries for this college football season for the Big 12. This one says, 35 years ago, Barry Switzer fielded his last great Oklahoma team. 1987 was 35 years ago. 
That 87 team saying that it was among one of Switzer's best, Jamel Holloway, Charles Thompson, Dante Jones, Ricky Dixon, Daryl Reed. OU destroyed Texas that year 44-9, beat Nebraska and Lincoln 17-7, unbeaten regular season but came up just short, God, to Miami in the Orange Bowl 20-14. Dang. So they played, they won the championship in 85. Yeah. When they beat PSU, right? Correct. Eighty. So did they lose to Miami eighty six and eighty seven? In nineteen eighty six, they were eleven and one and lost at Miami twenty eight sixteen. Yeah, and, uh, Miami. I mean, what you, you cost them two national championships at least. So uh, they would have. Did Miami win it in eighty six? Penn State won it in eighty six, I believe. Oh, okay. All right. I think that was uh, – someone can correct me if I'm wrong, but is that was that the game they played in the Fiesta Bowl where Miami turned it over a bunch and Penn State ended up winning? Gotcha. All right. Wow. Yeah, that was a nice little run there. Daggummit. I know. Yeah. All right, quick timeout. More from the rush coming up. We've got our final segment of the day next. Stay tuned.